Introducing Christianity to Mormons, a new book by Mormonism Research Ministries' Eric Johnson and published by Harvest House Publishers is a resource that'll help you share your faith with Latter-day Saint friends and loved ones. Order your copy of Introducing Christianity to Mormons at mrm.org. Viewpoint on Mormonism, the program that examines the teachings of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints from a biblical perspective. Viewpoint on Mormonism is sponsored by Mormonism Research Ministry. Since 1979, Mormonism Research Ministry has been dedicated to equipping the body of Christ with answers regarding the Christian faith in a manner that expresses gentleness and respect. And now, your host for today's Viewpoint on Mormonism. Our thanks to Adams Road Band for that musical introduction. Welcome to this edition of Viewpoint on Mormonism. I'm your host, Bill McKeever, founder and director of Mormonism Research Ministry, and with me today is Eric Johnson, my colleague at MRM. Well, an era is passing if you've been involved in ministry to members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, and that era has to do with Sandra Tanner and the ministry she has been involved with, Utah Lighthouse Ministry. And as we mentioned this week, Eric and I have had the pleasure of volunteering at the Utah Lighthouse Bookstore for many, many years. And because Sandra is retiring, the bookstore is closed now, and there is no resource like it in the area any longer. And we should mention that we are going to be having a a retirement party for Sandra, and if you would like to attend, I'm sure she would love to see you. And it's going to be held on March 24th at Lifeline Community in West Jordan. If you'd like some information on this, we encourage to go to our webpage. That is at mrm.org slash Sandra hyphen retirement. mrm.org slash Sandra hyphen retirement. If you want to attend this event, it's free, but you need to sign up. We need to have some information that you're coming, how many are in your party. We would love to see you there. And we'd love to have you bring a card. We'll have a place to to, uh, drop off a card. If you live outside of Utah and you can't come to this, you can go to the website Bill just talked about, and it gives you the address of MRM and how you can send Sandra a card. Now, let's talk about the bookstore, because we've been reminiscing and telling some of the stories that we have and ministering there at the bookstore. And now that the bookstore is closed, Eric and I have been praying, not just recently, we've been praying about this for a long, long time, because Sandra has hinted that she was going to be retiring several years ago. And, well, really, thankfully, she didn't do it right away. She's now in her 80s. She needs a well-deserved retirement. We were thinking maybe there is still a need for a facility like this, but it wouldn't be just a bookstore. This is why the old facility where the Utah Lighthouse Bookstore was located is is just not something that would work for what we envision. Yesterday, we were talking about the bookstore aspect of this building and having a lot of resources dealing with the theology and history of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. So in that capacity, we would still be continuing the mission of the bookstore as it was originally. Yesterday, we were talking about having a place where people who are struggling with their Mormonism or just have questions about their Christianity or questions about how to share with their LDS friends. But also, we wanted to have a research library. And we were mentioning how many times when you're sharing with a Latter-day Saint, they don't believe some of the things that you may say are a part of their theology or said by their leaders. Now we're going to have the resources available where you can come in and you can look at them yourselves. It's not going to be a checkout library or anything like that. 
But another aspect that we want to have for this facility would be a Bible museum. And Eric, this is where you really come in, because for years you've been making several trips to Israel, and you have been collecting a lot of artifacts that deal with Bible subjects and Bible time periods. Why don't you talk about that? Well, we want to deal with Article 8. Article 8 in Mormonism says that the Bible is true as far as it is translated correctly. What does that mean? Well, that means different things to different people, but I don't think the word translated is the right kind of word. It's transmitted, and Latter-day Saints are taught that the Bible has had many false things put into it, and we can't fully trust it. Well, I think what we can do is take a look at some of the archaeology to help support the idea that the Bible is talking about real people, real places, and describing real events. Bill, you've been with me four or five times to Israel. You know the sites that we're talking about. I've been collecting pottery for many years, and to be able to have pieces that go back two and 3,000 years, going back into the Iron Age, I have pieces of pottery, uh, the whole vase or the whole pot, coins, and these are ancient coins going back to the Bible times, and, and so that's a big help for us to be able to understand that these really are coins, the denarius and the, the shekel and other coins, the widow's mite. Those are real coins you can own today. And why is that important? Because the Book of Mormon, though it mentions coinage, they don't have any coins. There's no evidence to support that at all. And what we want to try and show, should there be someone from an LDS background coming in wondering which direction should they go? Well, here's evidence to show that the Bible has some validity to it. As you said, it talks about real people, real places, real events. The Book of Mormon does not. Quite honestly, if you were to put the Book of Mormon in a library situation, it should be in the fiction department because there is no real solid evidence to prove that there were Nephites or Jaredites or people like that that it talks about. Some of you may have been to Ephraim and the Solid Rock Cafe. Chip Thompson has a Bible museum there, and it's incredible what he has done. People come in just to see that museum. He's a personal friend of ours. He has agreed to help us put together this museum using my complete pieces and broken pieces of pottery to make this look like you were in the Israel Museum in Jerusalem. We also want to talk about how we got our English Bible. That's going to be an important part of this museum because, again, Article 8. What does that mean? How did we get it? Well, is the English translation from the maybe the Latin Vulgate that comes from this and that and the other? Many Latter-day Saints don't have a very good idea of what exactly we have in the wealth of the manuscript evidence, the Dead Sea Scrolls, things like that. So I'd like to even have English copies of the Bible in there, including pages and leaves out of some of these old Bibles. We, I do already own a King James Version from the 1630s. Now that is really early. That's 400 years ago. And to be able to take a look at what was written 400 years ago and where they got that from the manuscripts, just to be able to hold that in your hand and to see, maybe on a wall, we're talking about producing a, a mural that would help a person visually understand that the Bible and the English Bible that we have is not a translation of a translation of a translation, but we have great manuscript evidence. I think that's important. But not only will we have biblical things, we'll even include some Book of Mormons and other older copies that we have. We have in our possession an 1854 fourth edition from Liverpool, England, produced by Orson Pratt. This is a real 
Book of Mormon from 1854. There will be people who might want to come in and see what an 1854 Book of Mormon looks like. We'll have that as well as Book of Mormon plates because the weight of the plates, they're so heavy, it's impossible for Joseph Smith to have carried them. Sandra has had in her bookstore for many years and it's been an attraction. People have come in just to lift the plates. We are going to have gold plates as well, except they're not going to really be made of gold, but another substance. Why would it be important to have older editions of the Book of Mormon, you might ask? Well, if you look at some of these older editions, you're going to see something that's very telling. Latter-day Saints give you the impression that the Book of Mormon was translated by the gift and power of God. If that were really true, you would think that the 1830 edition that was translated by the gift and power of God would read the same as a modern edition. That is not so. By having some of these older editions, you can actually see some of the evolution when it comes to the Book of Mormon and how the Book of Mormon has actually been edited over the years. So when a missionary, quite honestly, tells you, because this is what they've been told to say, that the Book of Mormon was translated by the gift and power of God, you're going to see by looking at these older versions that that cannot possibly be true. Unless, of course, God makes mistakes and has to make revisions on things like this, which, of course, we don't believe as Christians. Before I go over the last thing that we're going to talk about today, I want to let people know, as we talked about yesterday, we have this website, utahchristianbookstore.com. If you didn't get our newsletter for March, then you need to go on here because it will have the same basic information on the website telling you the things that we've talked about yesterday and today. Go on there, see what we're trying to do. These are all plans and dreams, but nothing's solid yet. We're going to have a lot of work to do to get to the place where we can actually get into a building so that we can have what we're talking about. But go there and get on our email list at the very top. You can click that link and that will give you the opportunity to get updated emails. But Bill, we want to have a classroom facility and we want to be able to invite people to come uh, who are qualified. We have lots of qualified pastors in this area to come and maybe speak on some of their specialties. We're talking about maybe having what's called First Saturday event on Saturday mornings from 9 to 11.30 to have some of these qualified people coming in and people would be able to come and to listen in a classroom setting. We would also want to have regular studies on a weeknight, like a Tuesday night or a Thursday night. We're not trying to compete with the church and buy by the way, we're a parachurch organization. This is not a church. But what we would want to make available is information that perhaps smaller churches especially won't be able to get. We'll be able to have people come in and teach, or we'll be doing some of the teaching as well, to help you learn how to own your own faith in Utah. It's not easy because this is a hard place to be a Christian. There's not a lot of resources. We don't have mega churches of 10,000 people here in the Valley or anywhere for that matter in, in Utah, but we want to have a classroom that will be advantageous for the local community as well as mission teams that come in here to learn. Tell us a little more about the mission teams. Yeah, that was one of the things that I thought was very helpful when it came to the Utah Lighthouse Bookstore. Upstairs, there was a an area that could seat well, easily about 40 to 50 people. And so, especially during the summer, we would have a lot of mission teams come into Salt Lake City to do evangelism or to do other projects working with churches here locally. And unfortunately, without the bookstore, that opportunity is, is lost. Now, whenever a group comes in, we have to kind of scramble looking for a local church that can allow us to use their facilities. This way, we'll have our own. 
and these groups could come in. We could teach them a class or classes, whatever they want. Bill, we're not sure where this is going to be. We have a lot of work to do, but if somebody has any kind of building, contracting kinds of skills, what should they do? Well, they should contact us uh, because if this becomes a reality, we're going to need people with those kind of skills to do build out, building walls and displays and things like that. But again, this is very preliminary. We're in the prayer stages of it right now. We kind of feel like this is perhaps the way God is leading. We've had some positive comments from people that we respect in Christian leadership here in the Salt Lake area. And I know many of you listening to us right now, you're not even in the Salt Lake area because we are broadcast in other states as well. Can I just put something out to you? Because this is something that this area could probably benefit from, as it has in the past with the Utah Lighthouse Bookstore. Like I said, we have more than just a bookstore envisioned. We want to do much more than just have resources that critique the LDS faith. And I think this would be a very good opportunity to minister to the Christians in this area. For you churches outside of Utah, you've got to understand churches here, we are very much the minority in Utah. A very small percentage of those who live in Utah are of an evangelical background. So what we're asking is for you to go to the website, utahchristianbookstore.com. That's utahchristianbookstore.com. And please, Pray with us regarding the possibility of having a facility such as this. Thank you for listening. If you would like more information regarding Mormonism Research Ministry, we encourage you to visit our website at www.mrm.org, where you can request our free newsletter, Mormonism Researched. We hope you will join us again as we look at another viewpoint on Mormonism.